Talk nerdy to me, baby. Talk nerdy to me, baby. <laughs> No, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, I tried. It was a creative choice of you. Yeah, I mean, I gotta mix it up sometimes. Speaking of creative choices, ooh, transition. Today's topic is going to be a bit broad. Ooh, we've done We're... so many personal things lately. Yes, it's time to go beyond. Beyond. Sci-fi. To... To infinity yeah. and beyond. And more. Yeah. Yay. So I was I was in the mood for just talking some sci-fi. Uh, just want to just chat it up. We haven't had a, anything in a while that's just been some chatting it up, you know? No, we just, really haven't. Just chatting it up. Can you say chatting it up again? <laughs> chatting it up. <laughs> uh, so why sci-fi and not fantasy for a chat? Well, because I've just been, you know, whenever you have that little creative tap, tap, tap on your shoulder mm -hmm. of wanting to do something, uh, for me, that's just been sci-fi lately. I don't know what it is. I'm not sure which medium I want to do it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking novel, but, you know, it could be like a video game script or something. I don't know yet. Uh, but I've been wanting to just kind of dig into some sci-fi and see what I want to do. Um, and I know you're working on some sci-fi stuff right now as well. I am indeed. Uh, the one that I'm working on currently is almost certainly going to take form of a narrative podcast, which will hopefully come out this year. But you hate podcasts. I know. They're so dull. <laughs> uh, no, I've just... I have different stories that I like to tell. A lot of them are sci-fi themed, and this one just seems to work really well with audio so i'm really excited to see where that goes i mean i like that kind of stuff i like radio dramas yay and it gives me and people i know some closer than others uh ways to do some voice acting but i like sci-fi a lot i like the it, it doesn't have a lot of limits yeah because i mean uh I'm, we'll get into them shortly mm -hmm. but you know, like your Star Wars, your Star Treks, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But then there's also other things like, you know, Mad Max is technically sci-fi. That's true. Uh, and so, you know, there's a whole other side of the spectrum. And it's a very vast spectrum. Like space. Like space. 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 Oh, no, space. Space. <laughs> space. Um, a lot of... So what I have to really like about sci-fi is that it's a lot about humans and technology and the good and the bad of what you can do with it yeah uh it's funny you can it's all about the future for the most part uh mm -hmm. with sci-fi and yet it's always a commentary about the present which is always fascinating yeah well i mean a good way to get people to focus on a current human like humanity topic is to take humanity as they know it out of it and then have them have that moment of, oh, crap, wow, yeah. later. Yeah, I feel like a lot of sci-fi uses um, a cautionary tale kind of thing. And yet no one learns. This is a cautionary tale. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of them tend to do that. But 
I'm realizing as I've been kind of mulling this over, I've realized that my favorite sort of sci-fi is where we're transported to a world that feels lived in. And that's very important for things, fantasy and, mm-hmm. and, and many other genres to feel like your world is lived in. But I think that's the most successful sci-fi is one where it's like, uh, you're not following this path. You are diving headfirst into it, another, another world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's why like the, the juggernauts, Star Wars and Star Trek have been as successful as they are because they go deep. It goes real deep. It does. One of the best things I've heard when it comes to writing sci-fi and fantasy is how the best way to write a really engaging other world, like a world that's outside of what we know, is you have to have one thing, that one kind of unbelievable thing, and if you can make someone understand that, so long as everything else around it is rooted in that unbelievable thing, then your world will work. So, like, with Star Trek, if you can make people believe that we made it to the point where we are a utopian exploratory society, anything you add to it with aliens, with interspecies, with time travel, anything like that, is believable because you believed this other one thing. So long as everything ties back to it, it makes the world feel real and solid. Mm-hmm. I would say, like, for Star Wars, it's definitely the Force. Yep. You can believe that there's this other force uh, <laughs> that can be harnessed and used for good or for bad, but, um, you know, this other almost sentient thing, thing. Uh, the is energy there. of the universe yeah if you can believe in the force then the rest is, mm-hmm. is yeah that's a good yeah. point you can go through almost anything and the I think the analogy they were making when I saw it was a fantasy analogy with Harry Potter if you can believe yeah. there's a wizard society that no one knows about yeah then you can believe all the other stuff roped into it or like for Game of Thrones, if you can believe that literally anyone can and will die, <laughs> <laughs> then who cares about dragons and white walkers? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess I just kind of want to start off by just kind of just naming some of our favorites. I mean, my, I think one of my deepest, deepest influences as for a lot of people is Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, and like for, so let me just kind of say another Another reason kind of going back to why I wanted to talk about this is because I wanted to do something a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, I Because a lot of... Because they are telling cautionary stories or like, if you keep this up, this is what might happen in the future kind of things. Yeah. Um, even like the most engaging and vibrant worlds are still very bleak and mm-hmm. very dark and can be very depressing. Um, like a lot of sci-fi worlds to kind of take that yeah, on. They go very dystopian. Like um, I was thinking of recently Annihilation. Yeah. That's that's a bleak one. And that a lot of them just there's a lot of dark hues and stuff but even color palette wise you'll notice a lot of that but I like worlds that are a little bit more vibrant and that's what I want to do. I want to, I have these influences and I want to definitely use them like I feel a very Mass Effect heavy vibe, mm-hmm. and not that Mass Effect is a dystopia by any means, but there's a lot of 
not so happy things that happen. And so yeah. I want to find, I want to create a world that uh, I think more in the vein of Star Trek, actually, where yeah. uh, exploration and going to different planets is more of a celebratory thing than a survival thing. Well, one of the reasons why we need to get you to watch some more Star Trek is because one of the reasons it ends up being my favorite is because Star Trek takes the unique thing of going to a utopia, whereas there's not war in our worlds anymore, and most of the wars in outer space have been settled to at least truce, and you get a joy of engaging and sharing information as, like, the main driving force of all that you're doing that everything is to go explore and go help other planets and you know help them reach that point once they've hit their developmental thing and i as someone who i really like happy endings getting that kind of society is what i really hope that you know eventually the human race can do uh i also notice somewhat similar theme in another one of your favorite sci-fi yeah. exploits which is Doctor Who yes uh, which is another huge one um, because that again is more exploratory versus violent it is it's and not as much as I love Star Wars like I truly truly love Star Wars uh, it's not the safest sci-fi world to live in <laughs> no it's actually really depressing in a lot of the different places with yeah. how it all ends up um th with doctor who i like that it's in general you go places and you make friends and you help something but a lot of those worlds also are very dark but you get everyone usually ends up saved and i like the, the fact that the people we follow don't have any sort of powers they're just like you and i mm -hmm. and they're just everyday people uh, but yet get to do extraordinary things uh, through the power of friendship. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I, I, I really like that. Um, but I can't mention Star Wars without mentioning one of the things. I mean, there are some of you, I'm sure, that will listen to this and know uh, just your ears will perk up, your heart, your thump thump will go faster when I mention the Old Republic. Because <laughs> that... I just like that you called it your thump thump. Yes, indeed. Uh... The Old Republic is mm -hmm. just full of like such interesting lore and great stories, and the first video game in that series, which because it it was uh, a video game series first, uh, and then they kind of the web kind of spread from there. But the first game specifically has one of the greatest twists I think in any storytelling medium. Uh, I know the twist. Yeah. And it just, I was like, what? <laughs> what? It's so good. Uh, and just fantastic storytelling. Um, and so that Mass Effect is, you know, a lot of it is from Bioware. And, you know, I, I like the idea of having multiple story paths. And uh, sci-fi is definitely a war uh, type of genre where you can explore decision-making just within characters not mm -hmm. just which planet are we going to which is also fun that's true um a lot of the things that i tend to like in sci-fi are what are because sci-fi allows you a really interesting medium i'm i'm very much of the idea of stories that like the real world plus something is always really interesting 
and it gives you the ability to explore humanity as like a concept and so a lot of my favorite sci-fis end up being very existential and very much like the morality of human nature and what is what it means to be like a good person and evolve as a society one of my like all-time favorite shows ever is um Battlestar Galactica which is just this whole exploration of what it means to be a real person and who deserves to have like the choice in their life and it's it's one of those things where I know there are people who get angry at the end but as a full story I just love it from start to finish and I am also for as much as I love you know the good people so like Star Trek has a lot of really like straight up good and so does Doctor Who. Battlestar Galactica is such a moral gray landscape and it's again it's dark and bleak and it's definitely one of those like sad society kind of shows but it just has such a good exploration of like when you put people into circumstances that are just so just so devastating that you just see how humanity evolves in in, in, an, in an organic way and you get just i don't know it exploration of the human condition as put upon by circumstances that you will never have to deal with most likely <laughs> is just always fascinating to me yeah and I, you know we, we see that in a lot of other genres as well but uh and superhero culture is so huge right now mm -hmm. and it's all about all of those things are all always about uh asking those questions about humanity in very exaggerated circumstances yeah and so i mean that's you know that's part of our job as entertainers and storytellers is finding those questions to ask and intriguing ways to tell those stories and ask those questions um but uh you oh you made me realize or whenever i was thinking of stuff to talk about for this i realized that i actually haven't watched a lot of television with sci-fi mm -hmm. i never really noticed that before but um excuse me uh it's mostly movies and and video games that i've explored more sci-fi territory uh yeah i i haven't like i haven't watched Battlestar, and i haven't watched like stargate or any of those mm -hmm. uh, it was just kind of an interesting thing to to realize uh but another one that's i'm sure people will be upset if we don't mention <laughs> is uh firefly Oh yeah, because that's talk. Well, I, I I like the example of that just because that's some fast world building. That oh yeah, they dive you straight in and are like you're keeping up or you're not. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the example of like taking your two toys and mashing them together, and it works in a really interesting way. It, it also so one of the really fun things that about Firefly and Battlestar Galactica. The people who did the special effects are the same company. And it's why they have my favorite depiction of space. Be With fake curse words? No. No, I mean like <laughs> legitimate like space. Yeah. When they show like the ships flying. Because it feels empty and quiet without feeling like... So, Star Trek, um, as a visual medium, and I mean more the ones where they had more of a budget than when they had like the 
the ship on a string going yeah. through the things. <laughs> um, their space feels full of particles because it always it has a very thick feeling. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about Battlestar Galactica and Firefly is that the space just really feels empty. It feels like you're floating in nothing, which is like I I don't know. Visually, it's it's I love it. I get I get so much joy from it. Yeah, um, I think with things like Star Wars and Mass Effect, it feels because there's so much planet hopping. Mm-hmm. It feels like everything's next door or yeah. close by. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely see that where. You get to feel more of the openness of space, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it's it's always fun, and you know, a lot of people have their heads in the clouds, so to speak, and uh, in the stars. Yes, and mm-hmm. you know, everyone has that moment of like, I wonder what's what's out there, like what other planets there are, and everything, because it's so vast, even you know, yeah, in reality, so. Are, are you of the opinion that we're alone in the universe? Uh, I have my reasons, but I think so. Um, yeah. Hmm. Unfortunately, I think it would be cool. I think I could get along with some aliens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think you would disagree, wouldn't you? Yeah. To me, it's just like... And for as much as snowflake culture can be a thing, um, I just, the probability of however big space is and us being the only planet to ever develop, like, get anything, I think just, I don't know, it feels too sad. And it feels too one in a infinite number of possibilities. Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? Um... But yeah, so tell me a bit about like what you're trying to do, because I want to. Another thing that's that's influencing me is Overwatch, where yeah. you can have, you know, you have kind of this tragic backstory of this team, almost like the Avengers, that get broken up because of uh, political and moral reasons, uh, and you have these battle-hardened soldiers that have fought tooth and nail, and then you have a hamster and a robot ball <laughs> in the same universe. And so I, I, I really like the, the juxtaposition of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Doctor Who is the same way where you have these deeply tragic moments and then you have like on the, on an outside view, like a Dalek looks is a silly concept, but you know, yeah, but it, it I mean part it's of the, great part of the thing of sci-fi is just committing yep so long as you can make them believe it it's like if you give a reason or if you have someone in universe that someone can believe how much they believe it I think it helps ground anything that's semi-ridiculous that you're trying to do I think with especially the story that I'm trying to develop right now I think I'm pretty heavily influenced by things like Portal and I think Battlestar Galactica to a degree because it's I really like the idea of the last of humanity and I find it very interesting to wonder what humanity does at the end of it all 
and just I don't know I I always wonder where humanity will end up with all the choices that it makes and I like when things explore that and when you get to see one or many characters point of view on just the journey that it took to get there I also think it's interesting how uh, you know sci-fi is all about space and how much how much literal space there is in the universe and yet a lot of sci-fi stories are uh, overshadowed by airplanes but, <laughs> but also uh, I think it's I think it's interesting how you know being set in such an expansive world mm -hmm. they choose to have bottled stories and bottled environments uh, like for example a really great movie is Moon with Sam Rockwell mm -hmm. uh, and it's just him the whole movie um, there are some other voices and you know he gets to basically Skype with his family and stuff but it's just him up in space and it's super good and uh, I just think it's interesting like Portal as well you know mm -hmm. you're a girl with a portal gun and minus a few other characters and yeah. things it's it's mostly contained it it i find it really interesting that when you do sci-fi you have such an expansive universe but a lot of the stories are very claustrophobic like alien alien is a good one yeah um there's another one a uh, sunshine with chris evans oh i didn't see that i've it's actually really good, but it that explores like the nature of humans if they were just stuck on a ship, yeah, with nowhere to go. Yeah, so I I, I think it's interesting when you have stories like The Martian and is another one where, yeah, there's so much world to explore, but yet you're stuck in one spot. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I don't I don't know I I think. Just the fact that you can have all these different things and go to all these different corners is why sci-fi kind of works. Um, it also lets you explore answers to questions that you might never get an answer to. Yeah. One of my... I, I don't think I can do a podcast about sci-fi and not mention one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time, which is Contact with Jodie Foster mm -hmm. and Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Way back when... He was, like, the pretty boy guy. Um, it's... The story in that is so interesting to me because it it's a really good showing of how if humanity itself isn't ready, it will believe the first rational thing rather than the amazing things. Mm -hmm. And it's also a really good exploration of religion versus aliens because Matthew McConaughey is a... Uh, he's not like an ev evangelical speaker, but he plays like that type of person. He's a very religious guy who people bring in to explore, you know, the meanings of God when it comes into, you know, otherworldly things. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jodie Foster plays the scientist who's just like, you know, me and my dad spent all our time listening to these satellites to hear a message, and I got a message, and I got this experience... And there's no explanation for it that makes sense in what we know right now, but it happened. And you have the government 
who's just like, if we can't explain it and we can't control it, we need people to not believe it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very interesting. It's one of my favorites. And again, I like existentialism in my sci-fi. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's, I, I just kind of want to talk about some of the characters. I mean, because one of the things is that you do get to meet all these aliens and these different species yeah. and, uh, you know, gazorpazorps and <laughs> <laughs> silly things that would only exist in a sci-fi kind of... Tribbles. Yeah. Um, I think there's a... Oh, there's one I'm really excited for you to meet soon. No, I'm... I think his name is Nibbles in Futurama. I think it's, it's supposed to be, like, kind of a play towards, uh, towards Tribbles, but it's a little... It looks like a cute little alien pet that turns out to be, like, some sort of philosophical genius, <laughs> uh alien creature and uh, I don't know I think that's really really funny I mean of all those shows I always felt like Futurama was the one I would like the best I I, I really think you would Uh, and you guys can leave comments on how much that Amy should watch Futurama Uh, eventually though I'm going to skip the episode with a dog oh that's rough and no pun intended sorry (laughs) (laughs) I really didn't realize that until after I said it good one well then, <laughs> accidentally um, funny. Uh, but that—that's the only one I, I I would skip because I know what happens. I just I can't deal with that. Yeah, but I think I would actually have like nightmares. That show has a lot of heart and to go with all of its silliness. Um, but yeah, I mean that whole cast is an interesting, interesting group. Uh, you've got all the different races and we haven't talked about like AI and robots and droids and oh, yeah. all that whole side of stuff very much. I like that there's a, a differentiation between societies that think that will do well with AI versus ones that don't. So like Terminator is always interesting to me because people like to use it as an example of why we shouldn't do all this stuff and all the stuff that they tell you in Terminator not to do is the stuff that we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Which I always found very interesting, obviously. Yet, if we don't try, we won't get things like and, K2SO. <laughs> and that's the conundrum. That's the game that you play. You either are going to end up with the cool Star Wars AI, which are like probably the best versions of AI that we could hope for, or we're going to end up with Michael Fassbender and Alien. <laughs> uh, that's why, and going back to the Old Republic... I think that was the first time I'd ever... I know it was the first time I ever had come in contact with an HK droid, Mm -hmm. which before they say anything, they they have like a declaration of what kind of statement that they're making. Like, uh, sassy remark. I think you better hit it and quit it, or whatever. (laughs) But they always say, like, uh, amusing retort, or... Cautious examination, like they always say, what kind of sentence that they're going to do, and it adds for some really humorous points. Um, I would say there's there's some similarities between K2SO and them, um, and those type of droids. But yeah, I I don't know. I always like droids with personality. Yeah, uh, I like robots that uh, are just as valuable as any human life. Um, I agree. I'm. I'm. Versus just what we call mindless robots. Yeah. yeah, I've always been of the 
opinion that if something has a consciousness in which it can like articulate itself and its emotions then it's alive and so uh star trek if you go to some of the later seasons it doesn't do so much in the earlier ones you start getting like the doctor who's a hologram and but but he has emotion he has capability and you see it with Battlestar Galactica and the Cylons and you see it with I'd say even like uh some versions of like with Superman mm-hmm. uh you know with the the L family yep and GLaDOS yeah and all those it's just like I like the exploration of what it means and I I like when AI turns into not necessarily just artificial intelligence, but just life. Yeah, I an interesting study of that is also uh, we've. I don't think you haven't seen Ex Machina, have you? Yes, I have. You have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's a really interesting. Of that like, was a really good movie. What it truly means to be human and yeah. how you know, a lot of the times AI is more human than human. Yeah, humans can really suck (laughs) (laughs) which is what you learn in a lot of those uh one of my other favorites not to harp on star trek but uh, the borg have always been one of the most fascinating to me because they blur the lines between being uh biological and artificial and just the idea of hive minds are always so interesting Mm -hmm. that i just i love the idea of taking humans and adding something that they don't understand to it um another one of my favorite ai is uh hal from 2001 space mm-hmm. odyssey i just well-intentioned but crazy <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean there's always the good and the bad and the in-between and then you have bender from future <laughs> uh, yep but I mean, yeah, I just, I, I, that's pretty much just what I, I just wanted to kind of just kind of have a little, little discussion of like all the things that it can do. I mean, there's, there's so much, uh, what's your favorite thing that you kind of want to work with in the one that you're writing? Um, I mean, I have like a general outline of, I, I have an idea in my head of how to, uh, start exploring the world which is, you know, like, with a character, mm-hmm. uh, because that that's oftentimes effective, is to learn things with a, a character. You're, it's your audience and Harry point. Potter. Uh, uh, Torchwood, in a way that I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm thinking about going that route. Um I mean, if you look at most storytelling, you generally have an entryway character. So, like, Supernatural. It's it's not sci-fi, but uh, with Sam, we have a return point to a story already in progress. In Star Wars, you have Luke, who needs to be introduced to what's going on. They don't do it so much in Star Trek, because they start out kind of just, like, in yeah. the story. But if you look at a lot of different... A lot of settings where... Even in, I mean, even in contemporary, but especially in things like sci-fi and fantasy, you get an introductory character that leads you in, whether it's, like, 
whether they are knowledgeable about the world or not, they're still usually put in a circumstance in which they have to question their circumstances for the audience to then understand where they are. Mm-hmm. Firefly does it too with uh, Simon and River. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like storytelling. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, well, just, I mean, are there any other just favorites that you have or just any other sci-fi in general that you just enjoy i mean i know there is but i know i'm forgetting things i just had to i just like made a little list beforehand just because like, there's ahead? so much uh well yeah speaking of some bad sides of it there's bioshock oh yeah bioshock i love bioshock it, it blurs the lines between sci-fi and uh a little bit of fantastic element it just kind of made me think of like what about bioshock in space Space shock. <laughs> I mean, if they ever decide to make a sequel, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, we went from the bottom of the ocean to in the sky. The next place to go is up. Space. 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 Oh, they need to make another portal. Uh, yeah, there's Halo, Dead Space, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. We haven't really talked much about, but I mean. I think superheroes fall in a weirdly weird in-between place, but yeah. Guardians is definitely a sci-fi event. Yeah, and like, you know, you have your Green Lantern, which is a little bit more serious than that. Uh, but it's, you know, I feel like more than anything else, I guess usually because that's how they make it happen, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times sci-fi and time travel stories are synonymous. Yes, that's true. Like, you know, of course you're back to the future and you're... Uh, time machine. Yeah. Uh, I had written looper down i really enjoyed that i know it's it can be frustrating it is frustrating but it 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 wasn't frustrating that movie made me angry (laughs) in a lot of ways but that's a different podcast we could have a podcast about all the things that we've seen that just made us angry (laughs) i think your a rage cast i think yours would be much longer than mine well, that's because Casey likes most things, at least a little bit. Ah, yes. I, so I was like, I was like, let me check my list to see if there's anything that I know I need to talk about. The Matrix. Oh, yeah. I love The Matrix. I really like The Matrix. Not as much as some other people that I know. But I would not want to live there. No. Who choose? Okay, if you had like the choice of like, what's the universe you want to live in? If you pick The Matrix, I'm going to be like, you just ate a pill the only way that would be acceptable is if you didn't know you were in the matrix yeah but then you're not choosing it i know but i'm saying that's yes the only way (laughs) but now that's never something but mr anderson my first exposure to hugo weaving (laughs) oh yeah yeah i think i had seen uh lord of the rings right before that Nope. Uh, my mom goes hardcore for Matrix, so we were there. Uh, the reason that I grew up with so much sci-fi was my mom. So, exposed as a young child to many things. Yeah, most of it I had to find myself. I mean, Star Wars was, was the one that was always there. It's always there for me. But most of the other stuff I kind of had to explore my own. I had to explore my own. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, yeah, there, my family wasn't big into sci-fi uh for as much as my sister ended up not being any kind of nerd really uh, my dad really loved star wars and so i saw that mainly because of him and then my both of my parents like star trek though i would call my mom the, like the hardcore person for it 
But they were both into uh, so much of that kind of stuff. Like, my mom was the person who would watch superhero cartoons every morning while she did stuff. So I was destined to grow up to be this way. But I got a lot of... A lot of people I've heard say, like, you know, you find the stuff that you like because you explore it and find it yourself. I'm like, yeah, some of it. But a lot of it I was raised with and I feel very fortunate for that because it made my job a lot easier to become the nerd that I am <laughs> uh yeah I definitely had to do some digging because uh, my my family is more into more reality based things for the most part uh and my dad's his thing is westerns he's uh, all about the westerns I think I do think my dad likes westerns but not to the extent. uh and it wasn't until like the past few years when I've really gotten into more of a western like place where I can really enjoy westerns. Um, but you're lucky that nowadays you have some contemporary westerns. Speaking of Westworld. Yes, oh, I I forgot about that. Yeah, talk about bleak outlook society. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a really that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I like genre meshing things. Yeah, they're fun because then you don't know what you're gonna really get. Yeah. And the cool thing about sci-fi is that you can mix sci-fi with more sci-fi. Yes. You know, some things like don't mix with other things, but sci-fi you can mix with pretty much anything. Yeah, you just sci-fi add a technological twist to something. Traditional space sci-fi, some Western sci-fi, Victorian England sci-fi. Well, that's usually steampunk. Exactly. <laughs> you just put sci-fi at the word at the end of anything and you know there's probably something for it which is cool i think it's cool anyway oh i love it like i said i'm much more interested in a story if you take humanity and add something else sci-fi sci-fi uh yeah was there anything else i mean i'm sure there is but i can't think of it right now like the, space the only thing itself, i'm thinking of right now hour. is jupiter ascending which is <laughs> Not the best pinnacle of sci-fi, but I thought it was funny because <laughs> there are space bees that can smell royalty and Sean Bean doesn't die. I heard that. I heard that he does not die in that one. It's one of those movies. So this is only just because like, I think I heard someone talk about it the other day. It's one of those things where like, it's not a good movie, but I had a good time. Yeah. And that's okay sometimes. Uh, one of the things since... I remembered another thing that I will be leaning on or looking, revisiting for my sci-fi whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, it's Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah. I love Cowboy Bebop. Because it's more fun. Uh, it's also kind of western-y. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to lean too much into the western part. I haven't decided how that's going to go. But, yeah, I just want to try it more of a fun, more of an accessible sci-fi world. One that you're like, yeah, I'd live there. I mean, I don't know if I would live in the world of Cowboy Bebop. I'm not saying that, but <laughs> more than, you know... Others. Yes. Like your, excuse me, your Annihilations and your Fallouts and, you know... Oh, Fallout, yeah. Your Mad Maxes. As fun as that world is to watch... No. Don't want to live there. No. 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 no, 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 no. Uh, but just like, just a quick fire. Who are some of your favorite sci-fi characters? Characters? Well, there's Spock. Who? <gasps> Gasp. Gasp. I love GLaDOS. GLaDOS yes. is, 
is one of my favorites. I adore her. Um, I really like Picard and Data from Star Trek. Uh, Obi-Wan has always been one of my favorites. Um, and I really enjoy Rey and Leia and Han Solo. Um, bu- 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 yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, Battlestar Galactica. I've always really liked um, Athena or Boomer, whichever. Uh, Six is amazing. Um, oh my god. I'm gonna be so mad that her Katie Stackoff, Stackoff uh, whatever. Uh, oh my god. Star something. Oh my god. I hate when my brain decides it doesn't want to remember something. That's okay. Starbuck. There you, there go. you go. Starbuck uh, is amazing. And so is Adama and the president. And like, I love that cast of characters so much. Uh, Boomer and Athena are probably one of my like real favorites. Yeah, that's the thing with a lot of sci-fi casts. You have to... A lot of them are very ensemble. Well... Kind of have to be. Especially you, we if you're still need to get you to watch Battlestar Galactica, but it gets really difficult to explain your favorite character towards the end. <laughs> um, just by nature of the type of thing that it is. What about you? Uh, I like Whole Planet Express crew in Futurama. <laughs> uh, I like Master Chief from Halo. Uh, Neo and Gang and Morpheus and Trinity. Yeah. All those folks... The world may suck, but there's some cool people in there. Yeah. I wish um, you could just download Kung Fu into your brain. We should try it sometime. What could, what could go wrong? What? Rick and Morty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a lot of people are team I'm more of a Morty guy, but you know this. I like summer. <laughs> and summer. Especially as the show goes on. Yeah. Warrior summer. Um... Max and Furiosa. Oh yeah, I love Furiosa, and I really actually do like that Max. Though I, I can't make myself sit through the other ones. Uh, I would say you could probably get through Road Warrior. I'm not unscathed. a big Mel Gibson fan. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I, he made it very hard. Yeah, that's the that's the more accessible one. Um, I like. I really like Ryan Gosling's character in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. And you guys can't see it, but she's giving me a face. Like, I'm not giving you a face. You're giving me a face. Like, I'm giving oh, Ryan you Gosling. a No, I'm giving you a face of. I know you like that movie. <laughs> uh, and of course, Harrison Ford and all of his sci-fi things. I know Harrison Ford, in general. Yeah. <laughs> it's just. Uh, always good. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else, and there probably is. Oh, I really like the ships. So, like, the Enterprise and Serenity and just, like, I want a collection of ships. The Galactica. More of, like, the land-based alien ships in Halo, I think, are really cool. Mm -hmm. Like, the Ghosts and the Banshees and stuff. A lot of cool names, too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I told you, I want, like, a wall of weapons, but I want, like, a mantle of spaceships. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess the other thing is, like, all the stuff in Zoids, because I like mech stuff. That's right. There is, like, Gundam. Yeah. Also. Which I never really got into. And Evangelion. If you want trauma. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, Gundam, I've seen a couple different series of Gundam. The one that I know best is Gundam Wing, and I always went back and forth on it because it has some really great, exciting points and then some, like, really boring moments. Mm. Uh, yeah, I like some mech stuff. Like, uh, like I enjoyed Pacific <gasps> Rim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that had some fun characters. I still haven't seen the second one. Me neither. Or it was me. Yeah, and I also just, like, it, I like the dude because it's, um... Charlie Hunnam? No. Or... In the second one, it's... Oh, uh, John Boyega? Yes, I like John Boyega. But you can't replace Idris Elba. No, even if you're playing his son. Yeah, but that was... Okay, here's another one. Independence Day. Yeah. I didn't like the first one. It traumatized me as a child, and I got mad anytime anyone called the 4th of July Independence Day for a couple of years. <laughs> and then they made the sequel, which was just bad. Yeah, I didn't see it. It's just bad. Ooh! Men in Black. Ah, uh, yes. Which I really am excited for coming back with. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson. That, actually, that was another, that was a pretty big one in, in my house was, was Men in Black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Blowing up those giant bugs. Yeah. Though, I will say, so many other aliens are bug-based, and I don't understand. Yeah, bugs are a big sci-fi thing. Yeah. Not my favorite trope in sci-fi. <laughs> but. Uh, I think... Oh, good way, unless there was anything else you wanted to say. Yeah. To wrap this up, we... How about a rousing chorus of... Space. Space. I'm space. I'm going to go space. I was going to say space. 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 <gasps> you can leave a space. rating on iTunes and... Or in space. <laughs> and you can leave us a comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, or on Twitter oh, at hashtag... Hashtag talk nerdy to me, baby. Space. I am a Marie by the Sea on all social medias. This is Cased Crusader. Space. And he is the same on all of the social medias. And we will talk to you again next week where you can hear us. Space. Where are you?